Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The gospel you have just heard from Matthew chapter 7 comes from the Sermon on the Mount. It is here in the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus is teaching his disciples, not the massive crowds, not the pagans, but his own. And as such, as we read in Matthew 7, he is teaching us his own disciples. Right before the gospel lesson, he is teaching about two ways. He speaks of a wide way leading to destruction, and he speaks of a narrow gate and the hard way. He tells his own to seek out the narrow gate and the hard way, for the end of such things is eternal life. This is incredibly important in our teaching about false teachers and false prophets and knowing a good or healthy tree from a diseased or bad tree. Wide is the way that leads to destruction. The world around us today especially, but throughout all times, will extol things like open-mindedness because wide is the way. Jesus, on the other hand, extols narrow-mindedness as a virtue. Not narrow-mindedness in relation to earthly things like politics or racism or any such thing like that. No. Jesus encourages narrow-mindedness in regards to God's word. Narrow in our hearing and in our learning. Because of that strict and narrow, the world will hate you for holding on to the word of truth. Even the world that might try to hide under some guise of church will hate you for it. Dare to speak in exclusive or narrow terms. Dare to speak of things like a six-day creation. Dare to speak of men only serving as pastors. Dare to speak as marriage being created by God and as defined in Scripture as the lifelong union of one man and one woman. Dare to speak of closed communion. Even supposed Christians will think very evil and sometimes say very evil things about you. Because of this, it makes it a very hard way, a hard way to live out your Christian life. Everyone here has experienced that, but Christ has said these things to his own disciples. He was speaking in Matthew 7 to those who love to hear the shepherd's voice. We hear it and we hold on to it because his voice alone has the words of eternal life. It is narrow. It is strict. It says things that we do not want to hear. Things like, you are wrong. You have sinned. But why does it say that? Not out of hatred or meanness, but out of true, divine, godly, even fatherly love. Christ our Lord would have us turn from the wide path leading to destruction and return by repentance to the narrow gate and the hard way. So we come to the text, knowing that the teachings of Jesus can be narrow and exclusive and hard to handle and that they will create hardship for us. And today it is no different. There are enemies of your soul out there and many of them will try to put themselves in front of you as your spiritual teachers, your gurus. They will put themselves in books to be read, on TV stations to be watched, publications that show that they are indeed false teachers. 
They are men and women who have not heard what Christ has said, but speak from their own imaginations, from their own sinful and selfish nature, from minds that are both open to the lies of the world around us and also from the lies that come from their own sinful hearts. The scripture speaks of these people. It calls them false prophets, false teachers, false Christs even, ravenous wolves. It describes their work of prophesying lies in the name of Jesus, who speak without first hearing the word of God, who run without being sent, who have no command to preach, but yet they do, who say things about their vain hopes, that is, their hopes, but they are all vanity, nothingness, a chasing after the wind who speak of the visions of their own mind, their own dreams, and all are vapor, and all are contrary to God's word and his will. There are those who can even sometimes pull off great miracles and signs and wonders. But even if a false teacher does these signs and wonders, and he speaks contrary to the word of God, Jesus would tell us to not have anything to do with such a one. For many will say, Lord, Lord, on the last day, but they were not his own. This is particularly directed at those who claim great spiritual gifts and revivals, casting out demons and so forth. Pentecostals, charismatic groups, this is especially a warning for them, but also for us, as those people would pretend to try to teach us new revelations of the Holy Spirit, new movements and revivals of the Holy Spirit, but the word of God does not teach that. The devil is more than happy to plant tares or weeds within the visible kingdom of God, his precious wheat. The devil wants to bring in destructive heresy, as scripture says, denying Christ who bought them and resulted in bringing swift destruction upon themselves. And worse yet, not just themselves, but upon those who would learn from them. So be on guard. The scripture had that message from the beginning to the end. Moses writes early on in Deuteronomy about false prophets warning people about those who would come even with miracles. And then, of course, invite you to worship other gods. Sometimes using the same name of God, but still other gods. Sometimes even including yourself. Moses warns them to not go along with such teachers. The prophet Isaiah warns about those whole congregations of people that are formed who want to hear nothing but smooth words. The contrast comes in Isaiah 30 where smooth words are contrasted with the right words. These smooth words make them feel good, smooth to the ears. God then calls them in his word in Isaiah 30, lying children, children unwilling to hear the instruction of the Lord. Jeremiah the prophet teaches about false teachers many times, men who set themselves up as spiritual teachers without being called by God to do so. This is the danger of self-appointed teachers, ones who teach through things like their own ministries, often named about themselves, by themselves, of themselves. Those who would prop themselves up as teachers in the newspapers or on TV stations or even internet pastors of our own day. 
men without a divine call to publicly teach are not supposed to publicly teach. Those prophets, the false prophets, met their demise, and the people who followed them went away from the narrow path down the wide path of destruction. Ezekiel teaches about this and uses the language of Jesus. Later, uses that of ravenous wolves. They appear sincere. They try to put on all the Christian trappings and Christian airs, and they take God's name, and they throw it onto all kinds of nonsense. Micah then speaks of even leaders within the church becoming these same things, those who act only in selfish ways to use their churchliness to reward their friends and punish their enemies. But we know from Micah's book that God visited them with wrath. The New Testament carries on with the same teaching. Jesus over and over, especially in our gospel lesson, places much warning about these false teachers, these false Christs, these ravenous wolves in sheep's clothing. And almost always they are to be identified not by sight, but by what they say, what they speak, what they teach. And implied in all of his teachings is that it is your responsibility as sheep to judge such things. Paul and Peter and John keep along with his teaching. They are, after all, apostles sent by Christ to preach Christ's word. They identified false teaching, teachers by their false teaching. And that false teaching was usually tied to two things, which we would sense is very well known today. Teachings like emotionalism and sensuality that attracted hearers who preferred to feel rather than discern truth by comparing teaching and then putting their simple trust in Christ. Or to attract those hearers with a demonic teaching, a teaching of salvation by works. The Apostle Paul himself, after going through and preaching the gospel of Christ Jesus and his finished work of salvation by grace through faith, would be followed by false teachers who would say, oh yes, what Paul said was nice, but it wasn't the complete truth. Here are some new laws that you have to follow in order to get to heaven. All this is to warn you to not follow the wide way that leads to the destruction of your souls because it is not going to be easy to be a Christian. It will be hard. Jesus himself said so. But the hard road is a blessing for our Lord Jesus Christ. He disciplines us by it. Yes, we are tempted to follow along with the world and all of its ease and its comfort. But teachings like this are meant to drive out that ease and that comfort. And let us know that we are the blood-bought children of God, bought by the blood of Jesus, who the world crucified. Teachings like this may help you look at your own situation, your own reflection upon your own life. And if you are so at ease with all that is going on around you and all the world is so at ease with you, you might want to make sure you are not on a wide path. And that if indeed in your reflection you have remembered that you have given in to the world, the devil, and your sinful flesh, the false teachers who preach the devil are teaching you to destroy your soul, then repent. You still have life, and God gives you this time to repent. Jesus Christ taught this to his disciples, that these false teachers, these ravenous wolves, they may look good, 
but their teachings are evil, and they lead you away from him. So instead of fleeing from Jesus by false teaching, flee from the false teachers. As I said, how can you know this without knowing the teaching? How can you flee from a false teacher if you do not recognize that false teaching? And there are some who are so ill-catechized that they cannot know the difference. The word of life is being taught and you are invited to learn it week after week. In those words of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, they bring life and they bring truth. They are the way and that doctrine, those teachings, save because those teachings point to Christ and his work and who he is and how he has saved you. Those words, those teachings, those doctrines help you to know who those wolves are who would seek to destroy you and your soul. By seductive or sly words that are filled with nothing but death, those smooth words. While you have life, you have time to hear the word of the Lord. You have time to receive the gift of even the hard teachings. For the hardships that you go through today are meant to help you toward eternal life. Jesus knows all too well about the world and what sinners do. He bore that in shedding his blood. That is why he warns and he teaches us. That is why he sends preachers to teach the truth, even the hard truth, even stuff that makes other people upset, especially the world around us. But Jesus does not promise ease here and now. That would be fleeting, a chasing after the wind. Instead, Jesus promises life to come that is free of every hardship and lasts forever. Jesus commends you now to hear and to judge the fruit, the teachings that come from the trees of these teachers. That you are to know the truth and you are to take that truth and you are to make it the foundation of your judgment of those around you. Especially those who would presume to stand in front of you and teach you the word of God. The Lord Jesus Christ is the one who has bought you with his blood. That he has done this to forgive your sins. Even those sins against the second commandment where the name of God is misused to teach false things. That Christ died to forgive those sins and to call people, to call you, to call others out of such destructive things by repentance to new life. For the completed work of Jesus is not only for your forgiveness, but it also brings a new life by his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who teaches us true doctrine by the very word of God. The word the Holy Spirit inspired men of God to write. That we would honor God by the confession of our mouths and the conduct of our lives by bearing fruit. Good fruit as healthy trees. Christ Jesus died as a curse by hanging on a tree. And Christ Jesus bore the bad fruit of false teaching in sinful living. He did that so that you might, that you, by right of your baptism, would be healthy trees. Trees given new life, new lives of forgiveness, new lives of producing good fruit by what you believe, by what you confess before others, and by what you do to the people that God has put around you. 
to learn the doctrine, the teachings, and watch out for the false prophets, to judge the fruit and to discern a healthy tree from a diseased one. Help each other along the way and pray for God to always have faithful teachers put before you who teach all things, even the hard things, that Christ puts you on the narrow way. He did that when he baptized you, and he has done that every time in forgiving you. He restores you to the narrow way. And as St. Paul did to the elders of the Ephesians, Christ commends you to God, just as you are commended to God and to God's word of grace, which is able to build you up and grant you the inheritance that our Lord Jesus Christ has already earned for you. In the name of Jesus, amen. And may the peace that surpasses all human understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting.